Hey, welcome to the Clyde Podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Clyde, and I'm so excited to have Lisa Jeffries on the podcast today. She's an experienced mental health therapist, and she is passionate about helping people grow emotionally and spiritually. She's invested in forming these collaborative relationships to help people discover roadblocks in achieving their hopes and dreams. And I love talking about hopes and dreams because I believe that God has a dream for our lives to do amazing things in this world. And so often we are our own roadblock. And so that's the conversation that I'm about to have with Lisa. So you'll have to take a listen. And by the way, while I'm talking about it, before I hand over this interview, make sure to check out our Women of Impact course. It's an amazing course, chock full with, I think, over 70 classes taught by everyday chicks who are doing amazing things in this world. And they cover so much in this course, and it will bless you in a huge way. But after you check that out, make sure you listen to this amazing interview with Lisa, a mental health therapist who will help you identify some roadblocks in the way of your hopes and dreams. Check it out. Lisa, it's so fun to sit down and talk to you. I've known you for a really long time, but to be able to sit down and just throw questions at you about your line of work and how important it is, is going to be really fun. Thank you yeah, for hanging out. Well, well, it's great to see you too. I, we have known each other for a long time. It's hard. I don't even want to say how many years it's been because it's been <laughs> quite a while, but it's so good to see you and I look forward to uh, chatting with you. You're doing such important work as a mental health therapist, and it feels like, at least even in my perspective, working with women in women's ministry and and doing that for so many years, it feels like right now it's almost like we've sort of hit this like, wow, this pinnacle or this great need that's greater than any years previous where people are needing mental health work that therapists provide, it's hard to find. And so it almost feels lucky to get to sit down with a therapist and take an hour of your time and really pick your brain. How did you get into this line of work before we start talking about um, the actual work you do and how it applies to people listening today? Well, I I have a story that might be a, a little, a little different, but I don't, I don't really know. But when I was 15. Um, I, I didn't, I actually didn't love school. And, um, but I took my first, and so none of the classes when I was in high school was I really uh, loving, but just trying to get through it. And then I took my first psychology class and absolutely loved psychology. And my teacher was talking mm-hmm. about child abuse and neglect. And I had never had a conversation about that before. And as she was talking about it, I, um, and I know it was from the Lord, but I had a vision, which I can't say I've ever had one since. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't don't usually have a vision, but I had a vision of sitting in a chair dressed professionally as an adult with a child at my feet and Mm. knew that that was the calling on my life. And I knew I needed to do that. And so I, um, dug into psychology. I started really reading books on growth and healing um, and went to college to get my bachelor's degree in social work and got that 
And then life took me off in some other directions. And uh, frankly, there was a whole lot of bumps and a whole lot of hard. And I made numerous attempts because I knew I had to get my master's. I had my bachelor's, but knew I needed to get my master's. And it was like one door after another closed and closed and closed and closed and closed. And at one point I gave up. I remember going to some church service and somebody prayed for me that God would give me a ministry. And I'm like, I don't want a ministry. <laughs> no, don't pray that. And <laughs> what are you praying that for? Stop it. So, um, but, but um, I, at some point when I was oh, maybe 40, 47 or eight, I thought I'm going to give it another try. And the doors open wide and I stepped mm. right in and I hit the ground running and was really knocked off my feet with one opportunity after another, after another, after another. And, um, you know, you mentioned God's timing. I, I see the wisdom in God's timing and I fully believe that I was within God's timing through that. Um, part of part of having, you know, being a therapist is um, having some life experience and some wisdom. And, and certainly young therapists have, have wisdom and have a lot to offer um, as far as that goes. But there's also when you when you have lived a lot of years, um, you gain some experience. One thing, part of my experience was I um, worked on a, a, in our local school district on the behavior team and worked with kids who... Um, we're, we're behaviorally and emotionally challenged. And I would have never done that with my master's. And, mm. but I did that with my bachelor's and I learned so much about uh, mental health problems in children, probably way better with that because I was on the ground and uh, very much in the trenches with these kids. And, um, I, and, and then I, you know, I, I really feel like that gave me some, really good learning um, and skills in terms of of um, how to help kids with behavior, emotional challenges. I had my my own um, children that had their came with their own package of challenges that grew me and developed me. And um, in God's wisdom, he needed he needed me to take the time for what I, I've referred to as his university <laughs> that he, he enrolled his me university. in. His university. His university. That. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you, you can get a degree, but this university was way more challenging. Lisa, I think it's really interesting that you talk about this vision that God gave you, you know, I think you said when you were 15 or something, and now you're actually living that vision every single day, but between when you're 15 and you got the vision and between your reality now, you talked about life going into so many different directions. There was bumps in the road, twists and turns and chapters where it was closed or closed or closed door. And I, I find that really interesting because you now work, you invest in people and help them discover roadblocks in achieving their hopes and dreams. And you faced decades of roadblocks and now you yes. actually see the purpose for the roadblocks. You see the things oh, you yeah. learned because you had a closed door. Uh, that's so interesting to me. How does that, uh, how does that inform you when someone comes into your office or you work with someone and they're just feeling so discouraged because they had like a vision or a hope for their life and it's not unfolding right now when they want it to? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I um, want to say it's never too late and don't give up. 
Um, it, mm-hmm. it may not be in God's timing, and that doesn't mean God's punishing you. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, a lot of times we don't know what God's doing, and it's it is a faith journey and a journey of trust that we we trust in His goodness and His love and His mercy. That in all of that, He's got our best interests at heart, and and so to to you know really cling to that and trust that His best interest is at heart, and then it's never too late. I um just read an article about a woman who is getting her master's in theology. She's 97 and she just signed up for school. And, and that's what mm. I'm talking about. It just, it's never too late. We don't know <laughs> that's what awesome. growth God wants for us. And do I, do I think that God's going to use that woman? I do. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think, I think, in, you know, too often we, um, limit God by saying we're too old or we're too this or we're not enough of this and and getting rid of all of that stigma. It's really, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do. And our our open heart is all he needs. Hmm. When you do this work of helping people, how can people identify roadblocks in the way to their hopes and dreams? Well, I think they, you can categorize them in many respects. I mean, one is if they have their own uh, spiritual slash emotional issues. God wants us to, you know, clean, get the uh, log out of our own eye first. And anybody who's going to truly help another person needs to get the log out of their own eye first. And mm-hmm. so that means if you have mental health issues or spiritual issues, and it's not like, you know, you never, you arrive, ta-da, I no longer have a log in my eye. Right, <laughs> it's not, right. It's not true. But to, to identify, to identify the ones that are going to impact your ability to see other people's um, roadblocks and to see their issues, so you can help them. And so, really, it really is about first of all looking in your own heart and accessing your own resources. Reach out, ask for help. Include, you know, close friends who are safe. Um, include your community and make sure you have a safe community. And surround yourself with. Um, with you know love it's love that heals and and i'm not talking you know the kind of love that says oh you're so cool all the time (laughs) but genuine love where there's there's grace and truth what are some examples of roadblocks that you hear about that get in the way of women discovering and achieving their hopes and dreams? Just to give well, someone listening an idea of these would be some examples of some things that could get in the way of what you are hoping for to be a reality I think in your life. One roadblock is the roadblock of the, of the uh, uh, for lack of a better word, the, the good Christian, quote unquote. I have a lot of people come in and say, oh, well, I can't reach out to this person there and let them know what's really going on in my life. I mean, they're, and I'll say, well, why? Well, they're a good Christian. Well, what does that mean to be a good, what do you mean? I mean, good Christians, you should be able to really t- like tell them everything, right? Well, it ends up being that, well, no, they're judgmental. And I think right now, um, a lot of times what I see with, within the Christian faith itself is this uh, pressure to look uh, better than we are. And, and we've stepped, you know, away from authenticity. And if we can't be authentic, we are, that is a major roadblock because then we have to fake it all the time. And that's Mm -hmm. a setup really for big, huge emotional 
um, spiritual and possibly physical crash. Mm -hmm. When you use that as one example of a roadblock, I'm curious, it's one thing to identify a roadblock that could be in the way of your hopes and dreams, but it's another thing to actually move a roadblock out of your life. So what are some sort of go-to um, pieces of advice you have for women who come to you and they can identify this is the thing that's holding me back. Now what do I do? Well, the, the first thing I look at is, is just uh, what their basic life looks like, such as what's their self-care like? Are they connected? That's one of my number one first things I look at is um, are they connected to others? And do they have support they need? And then is it authentic connection? Do they share what's going on in their life? Do they seek out a prayer or are they isolating? And so that would be one thing. I look at their self-care. Are they... Um, driving themselves too hard or are they staying at home because they're so scared to get out or and then anxiety is always there <laughs> that in and of itself is you know it's just such a, a huge roadblock anxiety is one of you know globally um anxiety has just gone up 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 like crazy and so most people have anxiety and that in and of itself is a roadblock because is a huge one because the you know the anxious brain tells us to either fight something or avoid it and most people are avoiders and so they just stay away from the thing they're anxious about and then guess what the thing that the hope and dream they want is never going to happen because they're not they're not even on that path they they hop they mm -hmm. jump jumped off that path and they got on a different one because they were too anxious about the path that they were on or wanted to be on or felt called to be on. Mm. Let's talk about that for a minute because in, in fact, I was in a conversation with a young person last night in my living room, not one of my kids, but someone who was over for, for dinner and we were talking about her future and, and her ideas and dreams for her future. And there's a lot of anxiety she's feeling about the path that she felt like she was on and that she doesn't feel capable or cut out for it or doesn't feel like she has what it takes. And so there's a lot of like worry and sort of self-debasing and lists of things that that she's she's not good at that other people on that path are. And I'm curious how much of realizing our hopes and dreams require that we push past some of that anxiety, like push through it. Well, um, a hundred percent. It's it's pretty high. Yeah, and the the you know the the enemy in that conversation that I just you just relayed is and I, was the enemy of comparison. She compared mm -hmm. herself to others and said, I don't have what they have. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? I don't have. I can say that's true about me, too. I don't have what other therapists have. And but yet I have things they don't have. And, you know, God uses all of us and he creates us all uniquely. And so to compare ourselves and to say, God can't use me because I'm not like this person and this person and this person is incredibly limiting to God. And it's it's absolutely not true. God takes, he knows our shape, right? He, he, he shaped us. So he knows, he knows who we are better than we know who we are. And if he mm -hmm. says that we can do it, we can do it. Bottom line. Mm -hmm. it, and he'll give us what we need if we haven't once again, a heart that's open and ready to say yes. And that means saying yes to things that are scary. 
Um, my, my brother used to tell me all the time, Lisa, you just got to do it scared. Hmm. And he's right. You do. You just got to do it scared. Mm -hmm. And then get the support, get the support you need, get the, you know, gather your resources. But yeah, at some point you got to do it scared. How do you know when you're feeling anxious about putting yourself out there towards a hope and dream you have for your life? How do you know when to be good to yourself and, and sort of be patient with yourself and not push yourself too hard versus when you need to just go for it and do it scared? Well, you know, if you're going into panic attacks when you're pushing, you're, you're not going to accomplish anything. Hmm. I think I think the the whole thing is is about getting strategic and recognizing what it is you're anxious about, and and with that, getting into the getting uh, working with a therapist or a life coach in terms of you know if you, if you don't know what your hopes and dreams are, get with a life coach and figure out what that is. If it's um, if it's your anxiety, get with a therapist and get the support you need. Mm-hmm. We, we all need, you know, we all need different things. And, and so make sure you, the number one thing that's going to help you face your anxiety is self-care. So eat healthy, exercise, surround yourself with good, loving people, right? Expose yourself to, to, um, whatever you're feeling it, putting in your brain, put good, healthy things in your brain. So, so you're not watching stuff on the internet that <laughs> makes you anxious um, mm-hmm. and, and then get the support you need. And if you are going into panic attacks, get the tools you need to not do that. Because if you, if you reach panic attack level and you're trying to do it, you're not, you're right. You're not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you should be able to some ways that can be helpful is to, um, you know, have a little anxiety scale in your brain of one to 10 and, and, um, 10 being, I'm too anxious to do anything. One being there's no anxiety, but come up with a number that you know that you still can step into take, you can still take the steps you want to take and need to take and then make mm-hmm. sure your anxiety doesn't go over that number and make sure by doing yoga helps meditation helps. There's some wonderful meditation apps um, that do that do guided meditation that I can't, you know, one is abide and those are spiritual apps. There's also, you know, there's just so many, um, that, um, it, you know, and research shows meditation can really reduce anxiety. Yoga reduces anxiety and yoga is considered one of the best things there is for your mental health. I think it even is considered better than therapy itself. So, you know, do, do the things you can do to keep your anxiety at a low level. Tea is known for uh, keeping your anxiety down. Drink tea. And, mm. and so have your tool bag and then use your tools regularly to keep your anxiety down. Have friends that you can call on and say, hey, will you be on call to me when I'm panicky about my next steps? And can I call you? And will you w- help walk me through it? Mm-hmm. Or friends who you say, will you meet me once a week for lunch to talk me off the ledge? <laughs> Speaking of paying attention to your anxiety, I'm going to throw this out there because it's a free thing that we 
we've created that we give to people. We have an anxiety tracker that you can download on our website and we'll put it in the show notes, but it's a super helpful just printout that people can print and it helps you recognize what triggered your anxiety. What did it feel like in your body? What did you do to try to calm it? Did it work? You give it a number on one to 10 on the anxiety scale. It's a super helpful tool. I think it's interesting that you're also saying like, hey, determine, you know, what number you can still push yourself because it's really easy. And in this conversation I had with this young woman yesterday, it's really easy to just get stuck and say, oh, oh, I feel a little anxious about this. So I'm just not going to move. And next thing you know, you can be months, years down the road where you realize you've gotten yourself almost paralyzed where you have tried to create a life for yourself where you are avoiding all things that come with risk or discomfort or putting yourself out in, in relationships or being vulnerable. Uh, and so now you're discontent and unhappy with where your life is, but you don't want to feel anxiety. So, so yeah, there are worse things than feeling anxiety. I think, you know, Willow, Mm -hmm. I share your some of your, you know, frustration, I would say with some of that, I don't know if you're frustrated, but I see it in my office and it's debilitating when people make anxiety, the worst thing they could possibly experience in life, living a meaningless life or a life that you didn't want to have is in my mind, far worse. And, and so I think sometimes we turn anxiety into the, you know, big, the worst Thing that could possibly happen and it's normal to be anxious in fact there's good anxiety and anxiety good anxiety motivates us to move forward in life mm-hmm. bad anxiety causes us to avoid and and i do see that too in my practice where people may have low levels of anxiety but they say oh i'm anxious so i shouldn't do it well that that grows your anxiety so it's going to get bigger next time so next time you try to do it you'll be even more anxious. And then the next time after that, you'll be more anxious yet. And so avoiding behaviors are super detrimental. You're going to just, it's like pouring water on a, on a seed in your garden. It's going to grow it really well. And the more you mm-hmm. avoid, the more it, you're gonna, it's going to take deep roots in your life. And mm-hmm. so identifying those avoiding behaviors is critically important. And then really not allowing yourself to do it, pushing yourself through. That's a really interesting idea that you're suggesting that there's worse things than anxiety. You're not diminishing someone's anxiety, but you're actually asking the question. I almost hear myself asking around the things I feel anxious about, what would be worse than the anxiousness that you might have to brave to do something to step towards your dream? What would be worse? And I think it's interesting that in in this particular conversation where we're talking about wanting to achieve our hopes and dreams and the roadblocks keeping us from them, so often the difference between us achieving them and us staying in this place where we feel discontent and stuck is little steps that require our bravery and our courage to push past some of our anxious 
feelings. So I know you've talked a couple times about surrounding yourself with people who can support you, getting a life coach, um, doing therapy. I mean, it seems like it would be important to have someone who can hold space for you and not diminish your anxiety while also encouraging you to take what's the next step. We talk a lot at Collide about taking next steps in our faith to grow in, in Jesus and in the life that he's called us to. And I think sometimes we think we have to take the, the leap and like be there, but, but what does it look like when people come into your work and in your office to help them take not necessarily giant leaps, they might feel like it, but what's the next step and the next step and the next step? How do you help them determine how to take brave little steps toward? Yeah. Well, for one part, I, I often don't necessarily believe in giant leaps. I know they happen from time to time, but most people arrive at at, those big, huge, audacious goals happen with a series of about a million little steps. Mm -hmm. And so I really believe in a million little steps. And then Mm -hmm. how do you take that, that little million step? You know, it's to once again, get strategic. Sometimes steps have to be done in the right order. And so you kind of lay out your steps of what's first, second, third, and then, and then, like I said, make sure you're letting people know what your next step is. Ask for prayer for that step, whatever it is that helps you feel supported, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, but then there's other times where you don't have to do things in a certain order. Take the step that makes you the least anxious. Hmm. And then take the next step that makes you the least anxious and base it on your anxiety. If, if it doesn't have to be done in a certain order, uh, that's also a way to do it. Because what you're going to be doing in that, in that scenario is with each step you take, it is going to help bring your anxiety down for the bigger steps that you're currently anxious about. Until you get to that point, you probably won't be nearly as anxious about it. Mm. It's interesting that you say that there's a million little steps to reach your hopes and dreams. Cause I think when we, and you talked about the enemy of comparison, which is so good, but sometimes we look at someone else and it seems like, wow, like they're doing it. Like they're living their dream. And we just see the outcome. We see like where they landed in a, what we think is a big leap. And we don't talk about all the little steps. They don't talk about all the little steps because they weren't sexy and they weren't glamorous. They weren't even that big. It could literally have been like, I made a call. I bought a website domain. I met with a mentor every year for five years. I, right. So like, yeah, yeah. there's these little steps, but no one really talks about them. You just more see like where someone seems like they landed in a Well, and it's true. Place. Even, you know, I, I, I well, have three kids and I was always blown away when I was pregnant, how my pregnancies seemed to last forever. And then I'd watch somebody else, you know, years later I'd hear they got pregnant. Next thing I know, they have a baby. And I'm like, wow, that went fast. (laughs) Yes. They they grew babies way faster than I did, but (laughs) which is not the, you know, obviously not the case, but, but, um, it, the, the comparison is when we, when we are in the trenches and we're taking the steps, we're doing the hard work and we're feeling the weight of it. When we, comparison is so wrong because we don't feel the pain of somebody else's hard work. Even if we hear about it, we, we don't. And so it's not going to feel as hard for us. 
it is the deal. And so we can't, we really can't put ourselves in somebody else's shoes as far as that goes. And, and so it's, it's just comparison isn't going to work. We just, the, the main thing we can compare ourselves with is ourselves. Where was I a year ago and where am I, where am I now? Where do I mm. want to be in a year from now? What steps do I need to take? Mm. That's a good question. Really good question. Your mental, spiritual, and emotional health is worth time, energy, and investment. As women, we can sometimes struggle to find the space and time necessary to focus on rejuvenating our minds and our spirits. But the truth is, our health is worth it. The Collide Counseling Bundle is an online course featuring 12 videos of mental health professionals giving their best advice, journals, resources, and so much more to help walk you through the topics that are most relevant to your life, anxiety, broken relationships, body image, and more. We are so thrilled to be making the resources for a sustainable healing journey available for the same investment as what one therapy session typically costs, $99. It's time to invest in your healing and wholeness. Learn more at wecollide.net slash counseling bundle. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of times people can feel discontent with where they are, but a little aimless about where they're going. And when you talk about gathering your resources, uh, that can look so different. I know even as you're talking, I'm resonating with that. I have, I've had a dream for and I think it's a vision for over 10 years of putting out this book that I've been working on. And I'm getting to a place now where we're getting into like book proposal land. And I, you know, I realized it's one thing to write a book. It's a completely different even type of writing to write a book proposal. And I started to think, man, like, I don't know if I know how to do that or if I have that in me. And so I started thinking about the people in my life who are gifted in different ways than I'm gifted. And I actually gathered together. I made a note of like, instead of seeing this as an obstacle, like how am I going to write a book and pull off a book proposal that has all this like marketing and blah, 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 that I'm not good at. Um, I started thinking, who are the champions in my life? The people who believe in me and love me, who are gifted in ways different than me, who can speak into my life and help me pull off my dream. And and then yes. I took this really brave step. You'd be proud of me, Lisa. Um, and I'm only sharing this in case this inspires someone else. But I took this brave step a couple of weeks ago and asked these four women to come alongside me to help make this possible. And I was kind of nervous, like when I formulated the email, like, what if they're like, I'm too busy, I can't do it. Am I going to sort of take that in as like rejection or they don't believe in my dream or whatever? But I was like, this is a small step. This is literally an email asking for women uh -huh. to come alongside me. And they were all so just beautifully gracious and like, I want to be on the, you know, cheerleader train for Willow and all these different, like really encouraging oh, responses. Awesome. But the point yeah. is, is that's not a big leap. That's, that's a one small step. And I have to take a million small steps to see this dream come true, but it does take gathering your resources. You might not have everything you need inside of you to accomplish your dream. You might have to step outside and be brave and ask other people to come alongside you and support what you need to do. 
Yes, exactly. And none of us in and of ourselves have everything we need. We're not Mm self-contained units. We need other people. God created Mm us to need other people. And so exactly what you did, our resources often are other people. Mm. I love, I love the work that you do because I think this is what we often need as women is we need to be able to come into a space and say, I'm discontent. I wanted this. I had these high hopes. I'm not where I want to be. I feel a little aimless and I need someone to listen and and make space for me to process all of this and then help me take a few small steps. And a therapist can do that. I think you mentioned a life coach, a good friend, a pastor, a spouse. But if we don't ever invite anyone to be a voice in that, we might stay in that stuck place. I mean, how often are you finding yourself having conversations where you're you're not maybe giving profound advice on taking leaps you're giving i know you like to say you love to simplify when you think about women who know that they need to deal with some things to identify roadblocks and move them out of way out of the way that they need to experience some of god's healing in order to achieve their hopes and dreams how do you help them sort of develop what is the next step? Like you just said a few minutes ago, sometimes you don't have to take steps out of order, but I think sometimes we can feel a little lost. Like this, I, I can recognize my issues or I can recognize where I'm stuck, but then what, what do I well, do? I, I would say, um, so getting unstuck, I think a lot of times stuckness is because there's not full clarity about where you want to go. Making sure you've, you've got uh, a really specific goal in your vision field and you're headed in the right direction. I think sometimes when people feel stuck, it's because they're actually in a little bit of conflict about the goal. So you want to make Mm -hmm. sure you know the direction you're going and you feel uh, settled in your spirit that this is really what you want to be doing and the direction Mm -hmm. you want to be going. And Mm -hmm. not because you're feeling pressured by somebody else or because you want... um, You want the motive to be good in terms of if you've set this goal, if you want it to be your own goal, not that somebody else is pushing you this direction or because you think you should be going this direction, right? Mm -hmm. But you need to feel passionate about it. So I guess I would question if there's a roadblock, do you, is this what you really want? Number one. And then number two, um, if it feels overwhelming, my guess is you haven't gathered your resources. And so gather your, your resources, meaning, do you need more training? Meaning, do you need, uh, the support of people? What do you need more time to accomplish this goal? What is it you need to be successful and identify those things you need, and then to start, take the steps to put them in place so that you've got Mm. everything you need. It's kind of like, uh, scripture talks about, and you know, I very much paraphrase this scripture, so you're going to have to pardon me, but you know, if you're going to go build a house, the builder mm-hmm. doesn't just start building without considering the cost first. And so you want to really consider the cost and make sure you've got absolutely everything you need. Um, whether it is, whether it is uh financial or whatever. Hmm. And so I think, I think if you've got everything you need, then those steps become a whole lot, feel a whole lot more doable. The other people's hopes and dreams. Well, exactly. I love so and much. and as, I was blessed with a lot of people, but I also did the hard work. I'm not going to say that God just 
threw a bunch of people into my lap. I had to go learn how to have what a, I had to learn what a healthy relationship looked like. I had to practice the skill sets. See, these are all the tiny little steps I had to take. I had to say to some friends, you know what? I don't think this is a healthy friendship for me. I had to find other friendships that were healthy. Once again, gathering my resources. I can talk about it. It sounds easy. It's a lot of hard work. Is mm. it worth it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we only, you know, I believe we only have one life to live and I want to make the most of it. And I want to, at the end of my life, really hear what, what the Bible has promised to those who are, who are faithful of well done, good and faithful servant. Hmm. And I, I really want to hear that. And and so God gave me this life and he expects me to use it and not to be just turning my back because I'm too scared. Hmm. Such a good word, Lisa, and so inspiring. There's so much to think about. And I love that you've challenged us uh, that our fear and anxiety can truly hold us back and to to put people in our lives and and resources in place to help identify the roadblocks so we won't be held back. I love that so much. I appreciate the ways that you followed Jesus in your life and his call in your life. And you didn't give up no. in the hard chapters. And here <laughs> no. you are impacting people and truly living the vision that God gave you as a girl. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be uh, the kids sitting in your office. Oh, yeah. While you <laughs> speak into our lives today. <laughs> It was great to have you on the podcast. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the invite. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, friend, I hope that interview with Lisa gave you lots to chew on. I know I took mad, furious notes and feel like I have some little next steps that I want to take in my life. There was so much that she talked about his university. Boy, I guess we're all attending. Um, Also, talking about the enemy of comparison never gets old. Um, her, Her question about, is anxiety the worst thing you could experience? Uh, wow, that hit me straight square in the eyes and is actually motivating me to step into some brave things this week. I hope it motivates you too. The other thing that she talked about is this mantra that we have, this I can't, I can't, I can't. And man, I bet if you and I were to really evaluate and be self-aware this week on how often we talk ourselves out of doing something or how often we put ourselves down, or how often we convince ourselves that we're inadequate and we don't know or don't feel we have what it takes, man, I bet it'd be a lot. And so I challenge you, and I'm challenging myself to pay attention to that voice this week and allow God to be the voice that says, you can, in me, you can, you can, you can. And then invite people into your life to speak into your dreams and hopes and ask that question that Lisa mentioned, how can you? What do you need to do so that you can? 
If you need inspiration in this department, we have an amazing Bible study book. It's one of the first ones that I wrote that we see so much traction with and life change. It's called Yes You. You can check it out at the Collide store and it will help you walk through exercises and studies on this idea that God can use your life to do amazing things. It helps you identify roadblocks. It helps you identify all these not me, not me, not me's in your life and all the ways that you feel inadequate and it calls you to trust in him and his power. So check that out at wecollide.net at the store. And friend, I hope that you keep colliding. We'll catch you next week.